Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. All right. Hello, Flanders. I don't know. Try something new. Why not? <laughs> Just the 11 o'clock. Hello, Riverhead. Awesome. Man, so excited you guys are here, man. We're going to have a lot of fun together today. And uh, again, if you are new to this space, welcome home. We are so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to give you a gift before you leave. Today is kind of one of those um, wrapping up a series, but also getting our hearts ready for the next series that we're going to start together next week. And so we've spent, now this is our fourth Sunday, rethinking the church. Why? Because over the past year and a half, I've recognized that our thoughts about church and about coming together and and being, you know, in close proximity, it shifted a whole lot. And we wanted to spend this month to share our vision and our values as Blaze Church and to say, Listen, there are some things that we are so passionate about, some things that we believe have, have the people of God have been doing for millennia, and here we are navigating safety and wisdom and everything that's, that's good and right, and at the same time saying there are priorities we have as a church. And so we're rethinking the church. And if you haven't been with us from the beginning, no harm, no foul. Today, you're going to discover all of the priorities we have as Blaze Church. And if you are new, this is a great series because you're just kind of right on the front end of seeing, oh, this is what Blaze Church is all about. Now, next week, we are kicking off a brand new series in celebration of being a church that's turning six years old. Come on, how awesome is that? Yeah. And what I love about our story is our story is way older than that. In fact, we were re- we rebranded as Blaze Church only last year. But if you go back to the 60s, 1968, the building that we have just a mile from here was incorporated as a church. And so there's some beautiful history. But it was six years ago that my wife and I, and at that point just our son, came into this beautiful community and rallied with other churches and people to now see what God has done in six years. And so next week is going to be a celebration Sunday. We're going to enjoy some cookies and some milk and have a really good birthday party for you guys, for our church. And it's all about our family. In fact, we're going to kick off a series, and I love your input right now. I'm still kind of toying with the name of the series, and so you can just tell me what you think is better. So I'm either thinking of calling this series, Help, My Family is a Mess, or Family Drama. You're laughing like the 930 did too. It's just like, I don't care. It just sounds exactly like what I need. So can we get to next Sunday? Uh, And so it's going to be really fun. If you think that your family is a mess and you've got drama and maybe you've got dysfunction in your family, praise the Lord, you're not alone. Can I get a good amen from every single person? Okay. So we're going to talk about that. And in fact, because we don't like talking about ourselves, it's way better to talk about other people. It's called gossip. Don't do that. Um, we're going to read stories in scripture of families that were incredibly, incredibly messed up, dysfunction, and we're going to discover some family values that we can adopt today, not so that our families can be perfect, because that's just never going to happen, but so that we can have some good family values. And that, that's if you're single, if you're married, if you've got kids, no kids, and we're really going to discover what Blaze family is. So today, as we wrap up rethinking the church, this, this fourth priority will lead us right into this next three weeks together to discover, okay, here's Blaze family. So now I understand the church. I understand the priorities. 
But now, what does it mean to be a family? So today, we're going to find out this fourth priority. Before we do, how many people here enjoy puzzles, like putting together puzzles? A couple hands are going up. How many of you think that's the most infuriating task? Why would anybody want to subject themselves to the torture? Okay, a couple honest people in the room. I'm kind of middle of the road. I started to enjoy puzzles this past summer on our family vacation because there's something relaxing and therapeutic about it, and it's also just horrible because you're just searching and looking for one yellow piece out of 500 yellow pieces uh, that will magically fit there. But we were doing puzzles and we were putting together a bunch of puzzles during family vacation. And we came to the end of our final puzzle of the trip. And, and we had this moment that no puzzle putter together person ever wants to come to. And that's when you're getting close to the end and you're doing math and you realize we're missing a piece. All these hours, all this time all this stress, all the energy, and we're missing a piece. And so we called in the troops. Like we made it so nobody goes to sleep until we find this missing puzzle piece. It's gotta be here somewhere and we will not rest until we find it. I believe in miracles. Thank the Lord we found the piece. Puzzle was completed, super excited about it. But I mean, think about that. An incomplete puzzle, like what's the point? If you spent all this time putting together the pieces and yet you walk away without that final piece and the, the, the thing is left incomplete. Now, one more poll. How many of you, you need completion on projects and things you're working on in your life? Like you've got to know how the series ends on Netflix. You've got to make sure the dish sleep. You just want completion. How many of you are on the other side and you're just like, it'll happen when it happens and hopefully God comes back before then. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to pray for that group of people today. Um, actually, we want to be more like you. You guys enjoy life way more, right? All of us land in different places when it comes to completion of projects or Netflix series or, or whatever you're working on or going through. But I want to share with you one area of your life that Jesus spoke about that I'm sure not one person would raise their hand and say, you know what, incompletion in that area that's not too bad. If I make it 80% of the way there, I'm cool with that. You just, we'll settle at even 50-50. This area of your life, you were created to have completion in, and I want us to discover what it is and how we receive completion. So let me just give you the words of Jesus. We're going to jump right in to a moment that Jesus is having with his disciples the night before he's crucified. So there's a lot of context you don't have yet, but we're going to discover it along the journey together. But let me just give you his phrase first. He says this, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, say that last word with me, complete. He says, I've told you this, to which you and I should be asking, okay, what was the this? What, what did Jesus, that's where we're gonna go today. But notice what he says, I'm telling you this. In fact, we're gonna discover he didn't just say it, he showed it. Why? So that your joy may be complete. And I gotta believe that not one person in this space would wanna walk out of our time together today and say, you know what? If I just leave with 50% joy in my life, I'd be okay with that. 75% joy, 25% still dealing with stuff. Not even 99.99. You ever wonder why Lysol can't figure out that 0.01? Like what? Just 99.99. What is that? Right? Even if you had that in your joy, if I had 99.99% joy, you were actually created for 100% joy. You were created for it. Complete joy. No lack. Not halfway, not 99 so the question that should rise up in us is then how do I experience complete joy? 
because we just sang a song about in every circumstance, I'll be content. Contentment happens in every circumstance when there's a completeness of joy in our lives. When we can say, despite the loss, despite the heartache, despite the confusion, despite the wonder and what I'm going through, there is yet contentment because there's a complete joy. So we're going to we're going to lean into how we have complete joy. Now, I'm going to ask every person in this space to join me in this next moment of our message, okay? So it's real easy. Take out your phone, okay? Every person, go ahead, take out your phone. It's okay. And I prayed against a spirit of rebellion and disobedience today. So in Jesus' name, take out your phone right now. It's all good. Take it out. 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 Okay, you got your phone out. I want you to open up your messaging app. I'm not playing along because I have no idea where my phone is. Um, Take out your messaging app, and I want you to, to put in the person you're going to text, okay? So you know how to do this. You text people all the time. Put in 97,000, 97,000, okay? I'm walking you through this. You can do this. We were made for this, and you're going to text complete joy to 97,000. All one word. Your phone right now is going to try to autocorrect that word. Don't let it happen, okay? You are in control of your phone. It's gonna make it completely. It happened to everybody in the 930. So no, it's not completely. Complete joy, one word to 97,000. Go ahead and text it. We're not gonna spam you. We're not gonna collect your information. And then if I could talk really fast at the end of a commercial, I wish I could do that right now. Like that would be a lot of fun to do right here. We're not gonna do any of that, I promise. Side effects may occur. (laughs) Dizziness, nausea. None of that's happening from this text, I promise you. Just text complete joy to 97,000. And then if someone has done it, what's the, what did you get texted back? What did you just read? Are you ready to experience complete joy? Awesome. So Jillian, thank you. Jillian did it. We're proud of you. Everyone else follow Jillian's example. Okay. Complete joy, 97,000. Then put your phone away. Okay. And we're going to come back to that at the end of our message together. Okay. Don't get distracted by the pitfalls of Instagram and Facebook and your Gmail account. Put your phone down, get your Bible out. Okay. Complete joy, 97,000, and we're going to walk through this and discover exactly what Jesus has for us. But this is the launching pad. You're going to get everything to your phone there. So this whole series is, is founded in this singular scripture we read at the beginning of September. And for one last time together, we're going to read it as one unit. And it's Psalms 92:13. It says, I am planted in the house of the Lord. I flourish in the courts of my God. That is the purpose of this month's series, so that you would be planted in God's house, so that you would have flourishing in your life, not so that we would just get by or, or survive for the weekend or just kind of make it. No, you were made to flourish, to have abundance, and it's, pred- it's, it's built on planted in the house of the Lord. And we've discovered three priorities that Blaze Church has. In week one, we discovered that we're a church that will gather together. That's what we're doing this morning. We have come to gather in this space. And we learned about singing together and worship and the reading of God's word and understanding his word and celebrating communion. All these things that we do as we gather together. In week two, we talked about carrying one another because it's not enough to just come on a Sunday because you can remain pretty hidden and anonymous without sharing with somebody, here's what I'm going through. Here's my struggles. Here's my doubts. Here's my wins of the week. Celebrate with me the joy of this moment. That's not going to happen on a Sunday morning. It's going to happen in small group environments. In this past week, our first week of small groups, we had more than 60 different adults connecting with one another. Yeah, protecting each other, carrying one another. And if you weren't a part of small group, jump in for week two. 
Go right on our website and get plugged into a group. Last week, we learned that we're a church that will fit together like a puzzle. That every single person was created on purpose for a purpose. God has spiritual gifts to give you, and they're not for you to hold for yourself, but rather they're for you to use in serving one another, in blessing other people. And many of you, you went on our webpage, blazechurch.org purpose, and you did the spiritual gift assessment that we have built into there and the, the personality, discover your personality, all these free resources for you. And if you didn't, visit that page this week. But today kind of wraps up this fourth priority that we have. And as we discover it, I want to borrow the words of Paul, the apostle. Because as I was thinking, okay, what would I share to Blaze Church today on this final Sunday? What, what, would I, what would I bring out? What, what are some words that would both encourage us, inspire us, and invite us? I came across the words of Paul in Philippians, the words that a pastor wrote to a church in Philippi 2,000 years ago, and I would love to borrow those words. And as you hear these words, if I'm your pastor and you know me, hear them from, from my mouth today because this really does reflect a pastor's heart for a church. And if you're new and you're visiting today, you're going to get to hear, this is what we're all about at Blaze Church. This is our culture. And so these are the words that Paul said to a church 2,000 years ago. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... Let me pause here and ask a question for all of you grammar majors out there that love sentence structure and things that I don't understand. What conditional word do you see Paul repeating throughout his opening sentence there? If. If is a conditional word. If, if implies, is this happening? Or if this is happening. And when Paul says if over and over again, it's not that he's doubting that these things are happening in the church of Philippi because he knows the culture of that church. Really, he's using the word if to provoke reflection in the audience that will hear it. So today, I'm here to just provoke some reflection for this first moment. And I want to ask you, Blaze Church, are you encouraged by being a part of Blaze Church? You can respond there. It's fine. Is there encouragement from being united in Christ. Blaze Church, is there comfort? Do you feel comforted when you come in, when you're connecting with other people? Do you genuinely feel tenderness and compassion? Or did you pull into the parking lot and said, oh man, you're here, we gotta find a spot for you. Oh my goodness, how are we gonna do this, make this happen? I can't believe you showed up. You didn't get any of that. You didn't get any negativity. No, you are welcomed home as you came into this space with tenderness and affection. And that phrase, common sharing, means fellowship that there's this camaraderie, that there's this, man, we're glad you're here. E even if this is your first time, I know that you're feeling that welcoming culture because this is a picture of a healthy church culture. Encouragement, comfort, fellowship, affection, tenderness. And so Paul says to the church of Philippi, hey, come on, isn't this part of you? Isn't this you guys? Isn't this what your church is? And remember, he's the pastor of this church. He started this church. And he's now writing to them from prison. And he's writing to them saying, I know all about you guys. There's encouragement there. There's comfort there. People feel welcomed and loved there. And so I, I believe as I was reading this, wow, this is the culture of our church. And I'm so thankful. Yeah. This past week, we had the privilege to have new here. 
where people who are new to Blaze came to our church building. We spent time with people. And if you weren't a part of that or you want to know when the next one is, it's November. You can go online today and sign up for it. But I love hearing people share the same story over and over again, one that never gets old. When I came to Blaze Church, I just felt so loved and welcomed. How many of you, that's your story when you started coming here? Just felt so welcomed. Just, just felt at home. Didn't know anybody. And I just, I just felt accepted when I came in. Okay, that's a culture thing. So Paul says, if this is all part of your culture, which it is, now who knows what will follow an if grammatically. What happens? If you give a mouse a cookie, then he's going to want a glass of milk, isn't he, right? Right, come on, and if then, if this is happening, so Paul's saying, if this is the case, if this is your culture, if this is who you are, then, and here's Paul's then, here's how he joins it, then, he says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. We read the words of Jesus earlier where he said, my joy is going to be in you and your joy is going to be complete. And now Paul is actually pleading with the church of Philippi. Notice what he says, make my joy complete. And it sounds like, well, what is that? Is that narcissism? Is he all about himself? And I'm borrowing his words today. No, this isn't a selfishness of a desire for joy here. This is a pastor's heart saying, church, if all of this is happening and all of this is true, and this is the culture, here's how complete joy is made. And look what he says. Be like-minded, have the same love, be one in spirit and of one mind. If I could sum all of that up in one word, do you know what the word would be? He's saying, why don't you have unity. Why don't you be united? And how many of you know that unity is something that is missing and something that people are looking for in our world today, in, in the divided states of America, where everybody has an opinion and every person is right about their opinion. And what I think about this issue is the only way and if you don't agree with me, then I'm going to block you. I'm going to unfriend you. I'm going to cut you out because we've bought into this narrative that says somehow I have rights and everything's about my rights, my opinions, my preferences, and you better not push against those. And for some reason, as the church, it's easy for us to adopt the same mindset. And Paul says, if there's encouragement and comfort and fellowship and affection and love, if that's your church culture, you want to know how to, have a, how to have complete joy? You've got to be united. Yeah. Now, let me explain what that means and what that doesn't mean based on what Paul said. When Paul says, be like-minded, he's not talking about the things that we think he means as Americans. Oh, like-minded. That means you need to vote the same way I do. You have to have the same opinion about the vaccine that I have, about masks that I have, about all of this. That's not like-mindedness. You have a personal opinion and a preference. Like-mindedness for believers means, according to Romans, our minds have been transformed by the renewing of God's word. As believers, our whole thought process about life is completely different now. We don't process things the same way those who don't know the love of God process them. So I process it and say, okay, well, I'm a child of God. I start there. I don't start as an American. I start as a citizen of heaven. I'm a, I'm a child of God. Scripture says, I'm a foreigner to this world. I'm an alien passing through. This place is not my home. 
And yet too many of us will process things first with our citizenship card instead of processing it as I'm a citizen of heaven. And I'm not trying to be political. I'm trying to be biblical this morning. Because there's a responsibility, as Paul had as a pastor of a church, to say like-mindedness, unity, the same love. The word in the Greek is agape. That means that we have a love that is pure and genuine, and it's not built on conditions that, oh, you got vaccinated? I don't love you anymore. Oh, you, you posted that article that I completely disagree with? I can't love you. We don't see eye to eye on this. That's not agape love. And then he says, one spirit. And what I love about that phrase, when you break it down, he's talking about our identities. You and I, if you are in Christ, have the exact same identity. You are a child of God and I'm a child of God. We have oneness in spirit. We are all of us broken people, separated from God, adopted by the saving work of Jesus, made real by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm his son, you're his daughter. We call him father. I said, how dare I think that my identity is better than yours because of a personal opinion or stance on nonsense? I heard a pastor say this week, a hundred years from now, the only thing that should matter to Christians is who's in heaven and who's in hell. Not your rights, your vaccines, your masks, and all of this stuff. Are we united to show the world Jesus? What are you known for? What what do people know your your profile page about? Come on, all it takes is one glimpse to see what your stories are and your profile to know, oh, that's what they're real, that's their motivation. That's That's what they're about. That's what they want to be known for. And Paul's saying, unity. And and it's not just about Paul and it's not about me today. I want to bring you back to the conversation Jesus was having that night before he died. And he prays and look at the words of his prayer. He says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. Why? Why are you praying that, Jesus? May they be in us, here's why, so that the world will believe you sent me. Do you see that? Jesus says, you want to know how the world's going to know that I came from the Father to die for their sins? It's not going to happen through protests. It's not going to happen through articles. It's not going to happen through making your rights known. It's going to happen through unity. Think about that. Unity is the singular sign that Jesus says will show the world that he came from the Father. When people will look at the church and say, you know what, they have different opinions about things, but those opinions don't get in the way of their united movement of the gospel in this world. If we're called to be trailblazers on the east end of Long Island, we want to trailblaze for Jesus to make him known here because way too many people don't know him. And Jesus prayed for you and prayed that you would have a oneness. So the question then is, how do we not just create that culture of unity, but how do we preserve that culture, especially in an age where, come on, like really, it is so easy to be divided today about anything. Is that tap water? Oh my gosh, I only drink from Poland Spring. How dare he? (laughs) How dare he not buy name brand Wesley Farms? (laughs) Cancel them, right? Come on, like that's our culture. I don't drink that. I don't eat that. I don't do that. I, I have my own opinion about what kind of sunscreen are you using? Do you know that, that stuff that's it? It goes on and on and on and on. Have your preference, but that is not what we are to be known for. United around the gospel. So how? Because that's the hard part of this whole thing. 
How do we actually do that? And Paul's going to show us there's an attitude we need and there's an action that we need. First, the attitude. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in what's the word there? Humility. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. The attitude that you and I need to adopt today is humility. The best way that I could explain humility, the way I remember it, to live out in in my coming and going throughout the day, humility simply means this. It's not about me. Humility. It's not about me. It's actually, it's about you. Paul, very clear. Value the interests of others above your own. You want to know where you can best test this on the road <laughs> when you get cut off and the person off has a blaze magnet on their car <laughs> like you've got to be kidding me brother in the lord i'm putting all five fingers up to bless you not just the one i want to put up right now just god bless you brother come on whose interests are you most interested in i got to get somewhere i got to do something let me give you an example because this is, this is the church. He's talking to the church. So here's how a lack of humility can be played out in a church. You can come to church on a Sunday morning and be interested in what you want. Man, I hope the music's just right today. I hope they sing my favorite song. I hope the coffee's strong, not too strong. Sometimes it's too strong. Who made the coffee? <laughs> Pastor Keith probably did. It's really strong, yeah. right? Man, I hope, it, I hope the message is not too long. We got kickoff at one Hope it's a little funny. Got to make me laugh. Not too much conviction. A little easy. Calm down there. I'll send him an email if not. I hope there's something for my kids. I'm with my kids all week. Please, Jesus, let there be something for my kids. I hope I find a parking spot. I hope it's not hard for me to find a parking spot. I hope I get a seat where I like to sit. A church chair. That's my chair. I can't believe they're in my chair. I hope the AC's not on. Why is the AC always on? Dude's always sweating. The AC's always on. I don't understand. I'm always cold. It's summer. I'm cold. It's winter. I'm cold. It sounds funny, but realistically, we can even come here. The AC heard me. Say it's just. (laughs) Thank you. We can come here and be interested in ourselves. We can show up every week and be more interested and what I'm going to get out of today, because I had a rough week, and I love that you're here, especially if you had a rough week. You are going to find encouragement, comfort, fellowship, affection, all of that. But if you're not careful, you will only show up here with you in mind. And so there's a way for you to not have that, and it's through this action that we're going to discover together. So Paul says, don't just be interested in yourself. And then he doesn't point us to us. He points us to the true example of our faith. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Must have leaves very little wiggle room. This is an attitude. Okay, what was Jesus' attitude? Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, even though Jesus was God, he never said, hold on a second, I'm God. I'm not doing that. He never pushed the I'm God button. He never played the I'm God card. And yet so many in our culture will play those cards. We'll push our entitlement or our titles. And we'll say, I'm not going to do that. That's beneath me. That's not what I do. I'm not going to serve somebody. Jesus never did that. What did he do? But emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. 
we look at people, and maybe you can be very honest and look at yourself and say, you know what? I know people who are full of themselves. It's all about them, and yet Jesus empties himself and becomes a servant. How did he serve? Well, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus dies on the cross for us, guys. The act of service that the Son of God had as a servant king is not simply that he showed up early and rolled out road cases and set up a stage, that he hang out with some kids and blazed kids, that he helped someone find a parking spot, that he, he served someone coffee. All of these things are beautiful acts of service, and yet we can look at them and say, that's too hard for me to do. That's inconveniencing. And the Son of God dies on the cross for us. He demonstrates his love by dying. And we follow in his example by not worrying or being concerned with our own interests, but by thinking of the interests of others. We read earlier Jesus' words. He said, I told you this so that you'd have complete joy. Here's what the this was. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. He says, love. But he didn't just say it. Because before he said that, he acted. He showed up that night and he washed the feet of every disciple in that space. Including the betraying toes of Judas. <laughs> Think about that. Because you might say, there's some people I have no problem serving, but I'm not serving that person. And Jesus, knowing full well, gets down. Can you imagine what that moment was like? He's washing the feet of Judas. Judas has to be thinking in just hours, I'm going to betray you. But he serves. And not only that, the next thing he says is no greater love has anyone than this but to lay down one's life for one's friends. Guys, what I'm trying to do this morning, my very best with scripture, is to urge you and implore you to see that if unity is to be desired in our church and complete joy is something that you want to experience, that happens when we are humble, when we serve like Jesus when we follow in his footsteps, the, the same son of God who took on the form of a servant, Paul said, and humbled himself and was obedient and died on the cross. And now you and I, every time we serve, every time we put the interests of someone else above ours, we are demonstrating to that person the love of Jesus, that he is our God, that he's our king, and that we are servants like him. Someone's phone going off in the middle of service? My goodness. Check your phone. Who's getting an alert right now? Oh my. I just figured if Apple can wake us up in the middle of the night because it's windy, then I could wake everybody up in the middle of the sermon with a little alert that actually matters, all right? So I thought that was cool. We, we planned that, everybody. Someone's still trying to figure out like, what, did the production mess up there? Good job, guys. Here's the alert that if you joined us at the beginning of the service, complete joy to 97,000 would have just came through to your phone. And it's this. Unity only happens when we choose humility and service. That's it. And the reason why we need to be on alert for that is because division and distraction is so easy to creep into our lives today. 
to get all juiced up about stuff that really doesn't matter in comparison to the gospel truth that apart from Jesus, we are separated from the Father for all eternity. That matters. And for us to get so distracted by secondary things, no, alert. We want to have a culture of unity here at Blaze Church. And that will only happen when we adopt humility as our attitude and service as our action. And so here's a very practical next steps for every person to take in this space. Join the dream team. Be a part of a culture that says we're going to serve one another, our fourth priority as a church. We gather together. We carry one another. We discover our purpose. We fit together all so that we might make a difference in this world. And the way that we make a difference is by serving one another. When you serve, when you show up on a Sunday knowing I'm on the dream team today, I'm going to serve somebody, whether it's the parking lot or setup team or teardown or production or kids or facilities. There are so many dream teams for us to be a part of. When you show up on the dream team, you take a big sledgehammer at that attitude of I'm only interested in my interests. Because suddenly you're showing up thinking, I'm going to set up that stage today. I'm going to take time so that somebody can be on that stage. I'm going to go invest in the life of a child today. I'm going to make the best cup of coffee in the name of Jesus for a whole bunch of people today. I'm going to find someone in a parking spot. I'm going to throw slides up on the screen. Come on, all of this happens. And do you know after this service, There's a team that's going to stay here for just 40 minutes, an investment of time, and we're going to put all of this back in that corner of the room. It doesn't stay like this. There's a team of dream teamers that says, I'm a part of this thing. I want to be a part of Teardown. And anybody can do that. And you were created to do that. You were created to serve others. It's where you find complete joy. If you're on the dream team, can you just let me know in this room know? Is it a have to or is it a get to to be on the dream team? And do you ever feel like, man, I wish I wasn't scheduled today? Or is it, man, I got complete joy when I get to make a difference in people's lives? Come on, we can celebrate that. That's our heart. That's our culture. I get to do this. And how awesome that I got to set up a camera today. How cool that I got to talk to a child and tell them about God's love today. How great. And it starts here. And we do this and we build a habit so that out on the road, when you get cut off, you can just bless that person in Jesus' name. So that at your job, when you shouldn't have to serve somebody, but you say, I'm a servant of the most high God. And in this environment, I'm gonna serve. So that spouses, when you get home at the end of a long day and you both have a hard day, you walk through that door saying, I'm really interested in me, but I'm gonna find out the interest of my spouse today. Parents, you can look at your kids and say, what are they interested in? My kids are interested in noise and mess right now. In Jesus' name, that's it. Seven and five, couch cushions become a castle. Toys are everywhere. You step on a Lego, you lose your salvation. Like, it's all happening in my house. And I can walk through that door and say, I'm really interested in a quiet, clean house. Or I can say, my, my little ones are really interested in me playing with them right now. And it takes humility. The singles to say, I'm really interested in what the Father has, me, has for me right now. I'm really interested in being a servant of God wherever I am. Come on, we don't just serve here, but we serve here and everywhere else. It's both end. And, and this environment is where you will build an attitude of humility and where you will serve others and put others' interests first. You know, if you're, if you're a football fan or if you're not, know this. When a football play is run, 
there's typically 11 people on the field for that play. And there could be upwards of 60,000 people in the seats watching 11 people do the work. That kind of marks me because I pray that Blaze Church is never, never a picture of a football game where there's a handful that are finding the joy of making a difference and others who are just, they're not. Yesterday, we had a massive celebration for our dream team. It was awesome. We had, we had hero and wings and blow-ups and an obstacle course, and I beat Ashley in a race, and it was the best, and it was great, and, and we just had a great time, and, and I want you to know that every single person was invited to that. You're saying, I wasn't invited. This church didn't invite me. No, you were, because every single person is invited to be on the dream team. And it was a celebration of our dream team yesterday. We just, we appreciated the mess out of every person who has discovered the joy of serving others. Guys, make a difference in this world. Be a part of something that, that cuts down that it's all about me idea. And I, I can only speak for, for our side of the world, but I think as Americans, it would do some good to cut that idea out of our heads. That it's all about me. It's all about what I want serving cuts that down. And so we're going to conclude with a song called Build My Life. And I want you to understand that what you have on your phone, you're a part of that complete joy. That text that came back, there's a link right there. Now on your phone, you're going home with it. Now I'm going to pray for you that there is innumerable amount of guilt and shame if you don't hit that button. Thank you for laughing because you know that's not the case at all. I'm going to pray that your heart is stirred and that you are encouraged and realize I'm invited to make a difference in people's lives. Man, how awesome is it to serve other people? So you go home this week and you click that link and start your journey of discovering your purpose and where you fit in on the dream team. And man, it's just going to be an incredible season as we continue to grow through the rest of 2021. Would you stand up with me and the team's going to join us as we worship the Lord together. Rather, the team's going to lead us. And I want to pray for you right now that you would know there's a God in heaven who came to this world to serve you. And when you serve, you are acting just like your father. And so Lord, I thank you this morning for every person in this space and those online. I thank you that we get to serve, that we get to make a difference. And I thank you, Lord, that you are radically, you are radically generous towards us. You didn't give under compulsion or or. or reluctantly. No, God, you gave your son and your son served. He washed feet. More than that, he humbled himself and became obedient to death on the cross. And so, Father, I pray that every person here would take that next step to start making a difference by putting other people's interests above their own. Lord, we know that there's a place for all of us in your church that every place matters from parking lot, production, kids, coffee, lobby, next steps, set up, tear down facilities, legacy, all of it matters. Thank you that you stir our hearts today to embrace an attitude of humility and an action of service. We will be a church that makes a difference, not for our sakes, not for our rights, not for our opinions but for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a good shout of praise for being a generous God who loves us, who gave so that you and I might live a new life.